Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching... FSR. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. The Knicks played the Nets tonight. And in the yes, first blank UKD game, the Knicks were down 19 late in the third quarter. It looked like just another one of those, hey, the Knicks are going to suck games. But the Knicks fight back. They fight back to take a 109-106 lead with three minutes left to go. And what did I say to you when that happened? Right before we came on the air, I said, I can't wait to see how the Knicks blow this one. 
So, let me tell you how they did. Oh, please. Uh, R.J. Barrett gets fouled, misses the free throw. R.J. Barrett misses a layup. Uh, Wayne Ellington misses a three. And Julius Randle misses a layup. This is in a game that, oh, by the way, the Knicks have missed many layups and free throws. Kyrie Irving, meanwhile, says, okay, if you're going to give us that many chances, I'm going to hit a jumper (laughs) to make it a one-point game. The Knicks miss a couple more, as I said. And then Kyrie Irving finally says, you know what? Yeah, I'm done playing around. I'm going to put this game away. Down to 13 to shoot. Nets down one. Irving, step back. Three on the right. God for Kyrie. Nets grab the lead. 111-109 with 21.9 seconds remaining. Timeout, Knicks. So that's the Nets radio network on the call. Kyrie Irving, who was basically uncovered. I mean, that's about David Fisdale said after the game, yeah, we had a different kind of plan going on for Kyrie. Don't really know what happened. So that's great. He doesn't that's sound great. like Billy Bob Thornton in Sling No, Blade. that would be, we without a plan. Get the biggins. <laughs> How much for them? I guess you can give me one of the biggins. Uh, no, it's, it's much more tone low because we have talked about it on yeah, the show. Yeah, that's right. Let's uh, do it. Basically said... Well, I don't know what happened. We had a different defense plan to actually have two players on Kyrie Irving and said there was nobody. Oh, the guy that's going to take the shot, let's make sure we don't have the coverage on him we want. But still, the Knicks had a chance after that. Right. right? Knicks had a chance. 20 seconds left. They get the ball. They're down one. They get the ball inside to Julius Randle, who officially became a Nick tonight because he pulled a great spin move and all he had to do was dribble two steps to the basket for an uncontested layup or dunk that was going to give the Knicks lead with less than 10 seconds left to go. That's what should have happened. Should have happened. But because it's the Knicks, this is what happened. Barrett out of the left side. Gives it up for Ellington. Harris is all over him. Now finds Randall working left of the lane. One-on-one with Allen. Quick spin. Lost the ball. Off his leg. Out of bounds. They'll say, though, it was last touched by Allen. The officials may look at the replay here. His foot got it just as it's going out of bounds. Nope. Kept the ball after replay, review. The Nets had it. Julius Randle had the game on his left hand. Then he had it off his foot. And then it went out of bounds. And the Nets hit a free throw. And they win this game. Because the first half of that spin move... Was textbook, right? When you're talking about a big man getting down into the low post, he spins and then just loses the handle. And eventually it kicks off his foot and into the photographers. But it really was a fantastic spin move and an open lane. It looked abs- like it was going to be an easy bucket. And instead, you get the turnover after review. And you can just see the shot of the huddle off on the 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 baseline as, as the players kind of congregated and there was that exhale like oh we blew that <laughs> we, all that cuz they battled back right yeah, they're down yeah, 19 they fight back. Yeah, you get some good buckets in transition. Yeah, couple we couple of big that one. jump shots, right? As you and I were watching it before the show, we're sitting there watching rattling shots home. And like that's a terrible. No, that was a good shot. Uh, and big makes from the foul line extended, and then all of a sudden you got a problem down the stretch where you just couldn't close. Coffee's for closers, and the Knicks nixed. Sorry, buddy. Every time, you know, my friends say the same thing to me, dude, the Knicks are going to suck forever. And I always, now I'm at the point where I go, I can't even find the point on the horizon where I can say, yeah, but just wait for this. I can't. 
Nobody's signing there. No, you know, the collection they have of players now, I, I thought it was going to be solid enough. They're going to be able to compete in the East. And you look at it, and the first two games, it's the same thing as last year. You know, they're a little bit more competitive, but still at the end of games, look what happens to them. It, it happened. They fell apart against the Spurs. They fell apart at the end against the against the Nets tonight. And it's going to be – I, I don't know what to say. It's just every time I th- – I can't see the point on the horizon where I go, all right, this is where things are going to change. This is where things get different. You got a couple of bright spots in terms of, you know, Barrett we saw and played some great, great stretches today. In this game, you miss 12 free throws. That's the tail of the tape, right? You're playing a close game, uh, and they were 16 of 28 from the foul line, uh, which obviously isn't going to get it done over the course of a season. But they fought. They fought back. It would have been easy to pack it in when they got down 19. And instead, you saw a little bit of scrappiness, a little bit of tenacity. It bodes well, I think, for the season overall, and it'll be easy to like a team. Does it mean they get over the hump? No, but you've got a couple of bright spots in terms of players to build around. Unfortunately, we watched Kristaps Porzingis playing in a Mavericks uniform today, so that that's one that got away. We'll be able to bring back bring bring back the song though. I mean, because we couldn't use it all last year because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. So at least we could be be back on board the Kristaps Porzingis train. But for now, you know, it was just another. Nick's loss in the Knicks way, just in the form of the Jets and pretty much every other team you follow. The yeah. Galaxy last yeah. night. I know. Oh, I mean, you've been grabbing your junk the whole whole night well, like I, your Zlatan. I do that here every night. It's not, I know, it's not but this was, I mean, you're one. really doing it with a purpose yeah. and authority like Zlatan and, and handing it to uh, Alex Teichert here every time he plays a drop that mocks you. You know, and here's the thing too, the the the, the centerpiece of the trade for Porzingis who they just had to get rid of because they thought they were going to they were going to ma- make room yeah. and they were going to make room for guys with salaries, yep. but oh, we got Dennis Smith Jr. though at least we got that. Yeah. He played 5 minutes tonight and he is clearly the Knicks number three point guard at best. <laughs> right? It's just he was the centerpiece as a number 3 guy at best. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel, Juanquis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez and I'm Joseph Carrillo and we're the host of Becoming an Icon season two. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Congratulations, Philadelphia Eagles. You have now become wow. the biggest mess in the National Football League and only took a day. I, that's that's great stuff. Not the Jets, even though they're at odds with one of their former players or going to be a former how player. How crazy is that That whole situation? Man, that's mean, that's like an hour to explain how ugly that got in New York. Yeah. One of the Jets. Oh, look, Osamilia, I need surgery. Him. No, you don't. I need surgery. No. I mean, no, you will not have surgery. You will not pass go. You will not collect you under. At least that story looks like there's two sides to it right now. I mean, it, it's, you know, it looks like right now, at least, but the Philadelphia Eagles, they wave Orlando Skandrick after a very poor defensive effort Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys, which we told you was going to happen yeah, because yeah. the Eagles can't cover anybody. Orlando Skandrick was not happy after his release. In fact, he went on Undisputed today on Fox Sports 1 Started and basically fire. <laughs> lit the entire Philadelphia Eagles organization ablaze from the bottom up. I think there's some selfish people on that defense, though. Rasul Douglas, who's a, a good friend of mine, I think mm-hmm. he he took some unwanted heat for some blown coverages on some other people's selfish play. And we don't even have to say names. Yeah, or do yeah we do. I know oh, you know, but... We don't have to say names yeah. at all. They know who they are. When you wear a C on your jersey, it's your job to bring guys along. You need to take the hard job, and you need to, like, bring the thing together. I don't know if that's the case. Strong. You look at everything that happened. You hold out for a contract. You come in. You're not really making any plays like splash plays. Then you go down to Minnesota and you somehow are supposed to be in the half of the field and you end up playing a crosser. You're not a rookie we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. 
It's a two-time Super Bowl champ. So, obviously, he's talking about Malcolm Jenkins of the Eagles' safety. Without saying names, he wanted to make sure people knew that's who it was. Well, Malcolm Jenkins didn't like that so much, and here's what he had to offer after those comments. Anybody goes and looks at any of my comments, I immediately take credit for all of the mistakes I made. For us to move on as a team, we can't have like that in the room. Uh, we feel good about the guys we got in the locker room and what we're trying to move forward with, everybody taking their role serious. Yeah, that, I mean, that just says it all right there. I mean, all right, if he's going to go quickly to TV. Mm-hmm. And thanks for hanging out on the Fox lot. I mean, yeah. appreciate that, Orlando. Yeah. But as soon as you're cut, <laughs> immediately, how do I get on TV and I want to light these guys up? Because obviously there's been a lot of talk about the Philadelphia locker room. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz as oh, the leader. Sure. Alshon Jeffrey being outed and discussed as potentially the leak of some information about where people sit with relation to Carson Wentz and his leadership, and now you're talking on the defensive side of the ball. You just got a lot of problems for Doug Peterson's squad right now. For a team that came in when we started looking at all 53s, right? When we're talking about talent top to bottom, the only question on the Eagles was their defensive backfield, and those guys never got healthy, right? We're halfway through the season, and they still haven't been able to field what they originally thought their starting 11 was going to be on defense. But the offense hasn't been able to make up for it, and that's the thing, time and again. So in the end, you're going to have a fall guy. Skandrick, probably... Not only because of his play. Oh, yeah, it's your fault. Wait, what? Yeah, you. But if he's also a guy that in meetings or may may not have bought in, I don't know. You always take these things with a grain of salt. But he becomes the fall guy and is immediately run into television. It's a pretty bad look. Well, you also had him say that the team is still living off the Super Bowl. They're living in the past and there's no accountability. I mean, he lit the Eagles on fire. And all the things you said are all things that have been dogging the Eagles. Specifically, Carson Wentz's leadership. There's still the, quote, anonymous comments that are critiquing Wentz and his leadership. These issues keep coming up. Now, but I'm about positivity. So I'm going to tell you, you are. I'm going to tell you what needs to happen right now. I'm the guy with the baseball look, bat. You're all handing out roses. This is the team that is in the biggest mess right now because they should be better than they are, and instead they're just meandering around 500. They lose the big showdown game with the Cowboys. This is one of those times where this is where the quarterback steps up and shows you that I'm going to cover all our problems by playing great. This is why quarterbacks get paid $150 million. This is where Carson Wentz earns that contract or he's not the quarterback that they gave the money to. Now, they're stuck with him because they decided to give him money. And he's been good. Has he been great? No. But he's been given the chance to now say, okay, lay a claim to this team. We got rid of Nick Foles. That's gone now. This is your team. And this is where a quarterback steps up and has games where he throws for 330 and four touchdowns and makes everything better. Right? That that's what that's what quarterbacks get paid for. Right? It's not, well, we have to make sure we in the club. No, they get paid. This is why they really earn their money for because that's what a quarterback does. He covers up ills. He covers up bad spots on the team. You think the Packers are really that great all around? No, but Aaron Rodgers, a couple of times every six games 
games covers up a bad game or covers up faults because he has a big game throwing the football. This is why Dak Prescott can do the same. All quarterbacks do. Tom Brady, well, he used to do that. But this is what the best quarterbacks do. Well, if he and has this to. is what Carson Wentz needs to do. He need, This is my time now. I'm young. i got to go back to that MVP form when I was 20 in 2017 where I was probably going to win it, but then I tore my ACL. I have to be that guy again. I have to make sure the locker room is united behind me because I can cover up all the problems. And this is on him to fix. Yeah, and remember the start of the season, how many drop balls there were, right? The Nelson Aguilar thing that became legend, right? The guy catching babies out of a fire and everything else and, and calling out Aguilar on television. He got a little bit of celebrity. There was some goodwill there. But Deshaun Jackson was your big offseason ad in your receiving core. And he's still out, right? The abdomen injury, they still don't have a timetable as to when he's coming back. But you put a bunch of money and a lot of your offense in terms of your downfield production into a guy that historically hasn't stayed healthy. And now you have an injury that is just a freak injury that's kept him out a ton. But you need Jeffrey. You need more Ertz and Goddard. You need to find and start pushing the ball down the field. And when I watch the Eagles, Wentz seems reticent to put, put it out there. Partially, I think, because he was betrayed by his receivers in those opening games. Mm-hmm. Right, As bad as the defense is, they should have been off to a 4-0, 5-0 start. And they lose a couple of games off just drop balls and bad execution. So now he's become a little bit gun-shy, doesn't trust the guys downfield. you got to keep gunning. Right, it's one thing. Whenever we we have our, our chuckles about Ryan Fitzpatrick taking over again and and knowing that he's going to throw some bad balls, he at least has n- no conscience about I got to make a play. It's on me and on my arm to do it. And right now, that's at the midpoint of this season where Carson Wentz needs to be because we talk about the muddled mess that is the NFC. All of those teams that are vying for playoff contention. We watched Minnesota last night. Couldn't put the ball in the end zone, but you know what? They moved it at will Mm -hmm. against Washington. Did exactly what they needed to do to win, and you're seeing the balance. And even with Adam Thielen out, they're able to push. We're talking about the Packers and a battle coming up here against Kansas City. Dallas in their own division. Carolina, what are they? I don't know what they are yet. <laughs> I mean, it's frightening that you're at midseason and you don't. But the sense of urgency has to be there. And if all of this chatter outside of that locker room doesn't push it, then they're not the team that we thought they were coming into the season. And Carson Wentz, they're going to be looking at that giant novelty-sized check they gave him, and they're really going to be wondering this offseason why they did it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. It's time to put our records on the line. Yeah! I was 2-0 last week. That takes my upset special record to 10-4 on the year. Pick two games every week. One in college, one in the National Football League. We pick a top 25 game in college football. One of the NFL games. Upset specials. Harmon, you got snake bit on your game. The other game you lost last week. Yeah, it's tough. It just keeps happening. But that final possession, just nah. throwing stuff against the television. But that's okay. But ten and four. I mean, I'm ten and four. Let's I make it about me. It. I mean, I'm ten and four. Well, if we could start wagering, right? It's every Sunday I come in here and I, I do my show with George Reister. We preview the games, and then Hartman comes in. He and Ornberger they take you through the early games here. Red Zone Radio. It's as good as you're going to get, man. You're you're talking about whip around all the big plays and analysis and Rich just absolutely killing it. And Hartman comes in and he always tells me this record that he has, and I laugh. I go, have you made a dime off it? He goes, no. (laughs) I go, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter! In college, 
I'm going to take Wisconsin getting 15 over Ohio State. Oh, I like it. At some point, Ohio State's going to play a close one, right? And and this is the week. Not that they're going to lose, but they're going to play a close one at some point. Yes, Wisconsin, they got caught looking ahead last week at Illinois. It happens. But Wisconsin can control time possession with their running game. That's going to keep the score down. I see Ohio State winning this game, but I see them winning by a touchdown, 10 points. 15 points is a lot. Wisconsin is a really good team. They'll bounce back with a strong effort this week. Badgers plus 15. I do like that. I'm going to take it from the um, part of it. They've got to figure this out eventually. But Iowa can't score a ton of points. They're eight-and-a-half-point favorites at Northwestern. Over-under in this game? 36 and a half. Yeah, but buddy, Northwestern has one win, buddy. I know. One I'm not win. calling them a win outright. Oh, okay. All right. I'm so this is not eight. one of those, I'm taking Northwestern and you can screw the points. No, no, no. Okay. I'm taking every bit of All that right. eight and a half. All right. And if I can scratch it out to nine, I'm happy to do that too <laughs> uh, along the way. The other game that I think is intriguing is Auburn getting 11 at LSU. We've talked about the magnificence of Joe Burrow and the fact that he's become everybody's darling, especially as we continue tanking in the National Football League. Auburn coming in an 11 point dog over under in this one set at a robust 58 robust. so let's open it up let's watch some fireworks but i think auburn's good enough to hang and put up some points and frustrate ed odron's defense in the nfl i told you about this first hour of the show i got a feeling about kansas city sunday against the packers i got a fever Matt Moore will be able to throw deep enough and make just enough plays. Look, the Packers' defense is really good, but the Chiefs' defense can get after Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to be able to make him uncomfortable. They're going to draw some turnovers. Not quite to what they did to Joe Flacco last week, but still enough. They can shut down Green Bay's offense at home. I will take the Chiefs getting five. Ready? I'm taking a double digit. For this one, I am looking at the Arizona Cardinals on the road, plus 10.5 at New Orleans, averaging 175 rushing yards per game the last three. The offensive spread starting to work, and Kyler Murray willing to tuck it, start making some big plays. Still don't know if David Johnson is going to be available, but that's fine. Edmonds acquitted himself nicely last week, look for another big effort. I'm calling for Arizona to put up a big effort. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel, Juanquis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Joining us now on the hotline, Sirius XM NFL radio host and insider who was officially ruled out Sunday by Sean Payton. Finally, oh, it's him, Alex Marvez. AM, what's happening? Unlike Kalichi Assimile, who apparently only has one arm and is only listed as doubtful, you know, my goodness, your New York Jets creating their own problems once again, good lord. Well, at least look. At least I, as I tell Harmon this last hour, at least with this story about the Jets' offensive lineman who says he needs surgery, the Jets say no. He went on and had it anyway. Uh, at least it seems like there's two sides to the story at this point. I mean, unlike the Eagles, where everybody hates everybody. So at least for one day, the Eagles have more dysfunction. It is so weird to me, and yes, indeed, maybe the Eagles have some issues. And listen, Malcolm Jenkins is a huge presence in that locker room, Orlando Skandrick expressing his displeasure with how his tenure in Philadelphia ended. And listen, you, you know, when you start cutting players after losses, like they did with Zach Brown, like they did with Orlando Skandrick, it's almost like a scapegoating that takes place. I think Akeem Spence suffered that same fate as well, the defensive lineman. You know, I don't know what type of message that sends, you know, in the locker room in terms of the Eagles have always tried to pitch themselves as a bit of a family-first type of environment. Maybe it's becoming the Manson family. I'm not really sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, you lose two straight games by 17-plus points for the first time since the Chip Kelly era. 
and you start to wonder what's going on. I mean, this pass defense is terrible. The injuries have added up. Look, there were three and four at this time last year and ended up rallying to make the playoffs. But it's Carson Wentz under center, not Nick Foles. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, look, they're playing the Buffalo Bills Sunday, and this Bills team on defense is a bear. So we'll see again if they, how this is all going to happen because the Bills don't pass the football very well, and that's obviously the Eagles' biggest weakness right now, pass defense. Oh, yeah, probably the eight fumbles, two, and 17 drop passes, but I digress. <laughs> when it comes to the New York Chess, though, with, with Kalichi at Simile, brother, it's not like the guy is, you know, look, trying to you know, weasel his way out of town. He didn't ask for his release. He's a guy who was one of the best offensive linemen in football for a while, was paid as such by the Oakland Raiders, comes over in a trade, and, you know, according to all these opinions that they have, the man has a torn labrum and cannot play. And the New York Jets are saying basically the way that it's been presented by the assembly camp is, no, you shoot up and you play, you know, and, and that's what we're expecting of you. So assembly took it on to himself and he got operated on, and we'll see how this one ends up. But the whole thing is it just adds another layer to the dysfunction that is the New York Jets. Now you hear rumors of Robbie Anderson is on the trade block. This is a player who three months ago, you know, their new general manager, Joe Douglas, was saying we need to resign him. And all of a sudden he's out. Leonard Williams, I guess you're going to maybe ship him off, uh, you know, before Tuesday's trade deadline as well and look ahead toward the future. But my goodness, just, you know, when you saw what they did against the New England Patriots on Monday night, it just tells you how much further things have to go for the New York Jets. And if you want me to depress you even more, sure. if you want me to keep going, since while I'm at it here, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell yet to record a 100-yard rushing game this season. He's gone six straight games. It is the most games that Le'Veon Bell has gone without a 100-yard rushing performance since his rookie season back in 2013. At least he was young then and had an excuse. I thought you were going to say since his freshman year at Michigan State. I'm glad at least you got to the NFL. <laughs> no, I don't. Know. But you know, when you, but when you make immediate impact signings, like you sign a Le'Veon Bell, right? That's a win now type of signing, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you know, because essentially maybe the guy has another good year or two left and then he becomes cost prohibitive as you move on at the running back position. You make a signing like that as a team, you're basically saying in the offseason that we're going to be making moves to win immediately. And they couldn't control the C.J. Mosley situation. I get that. The guy's hurt. He's got a groin injury, and it's ominous with him as well. He may never play a snap again this season for the Jets based on how serious this injury is and the fact that it keeps recurring. But those are the types of signings that indicate just how out of sorts the New York Jets are, thinking that they were that close to being competitive this year that you sign veteran win-now players and the Jets doing anything but. Now, Alex, you know I love chaos in between the white lines and sometimes in the decision-making that has to happen for a coach. In New Orleans right now, you got Teddy Bridgewater killing it and Drew Brees looking to get back on the field. Jason and I chopped it up a little bit yesterday. How much is this Drew Brees maybe accelerating the timetable because, well, Teddy Bridgewater and the rest of that team has rallied around him? I don't think there's any insecurity from Drew Brees. To be quite honest, he's an extremely confident guy. I just think he wants to play. He's 40 years old. I mean, time is running out. How many football games does Drew Brees have left? And by the way, when's the last time Drew had such a good defense around him? Right? Sure. I mean, you know, it's been a minute, I mean, absolutely. Wanna, yeah, you want to be in on this. I mean, in fact, the Saints have allowed 300 or fewer yards in four straight games for the first time since 2010 coming off of that Super Bowl victory, Super Bowl 44 against the Indianapolis Colts. So when you've got a team that's that good and you've got Mike Thomas, the best wide receiver in football right now, and Alvin Kamara should be back, even though listed as questionable, but when you cut a running back during the week like I did with Zach Denner, it indicates Alvin Kamara 
will likely be back on the field. You want to play. I don't think it's insecurity about his job, to be honest with you. Now, as far as the decision goes, with Sean Payton, you know, coaches handle these sort of things differently. If the, if the medical staff says the guy's ready to play, usually they put him back out there. In this case, the Arizona Cardinals, by the way, a team that's won three straight, albeit against not so good opposition, but nonetheless, they beat Cincinnati, they beat Atlanta, they beat the Giants. They're running the football well, and, and they've got a really funky offense that's hard to prepare for right now. It's not just all the four wide sets that were on the 10 personnel. It's also the fact that they're running the football really effectively, whether it's David Johnson or Chase Edmonds. But I would believe that Teddy Bridgewater gets one more start. I think Drew Brees is your backup, and he's ready to play if called upon. They have a bye after this. You take the bye, and then Drew Brees comes back in Week 10. I'll be honest, though. Maybe this is the best thing that could have happened for Drew Brees in the long run, and here's why. The guy can rest a little bit. His body should be fresher. His mind should be sharper. All of those things at the age of 40 that add up after a while. Sometimes quarterbacks run out of steam at the end of the year because it's such a hard thing to go play through, not just a regular season, but a postseason. Guys, I think for Drew Brees, you're going to look at a guy who comes back refreshed, reinvigorated, you know, surrounded by a really good team. And for Teddy Bridgewater, he helped himself so much through this entire stretch with the type of football that he played. If he's not starting for the New Orleans Saints in 2020, well, he'll be starting somewhere else. So you don't see at all a little bit of a Carson Wentz, Nick Foles situation? I mean, obviously with Drew Brees being liked a lot more by his teammates than Carson <laughs> Wentz in Philadelphia. Because look, this is this is why they got Teddy Bridgewater, right? Hey, when we have to turn the page, something happens to Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater's the guy. For whatever reason, they have rallied around and are playing better under Teddy Bridgewater. And you got Drew Brees looking over at New England going, boy, it looks like Tom Brady's trying to get pushed out or pushing his way out in New England. Could this happen to me? No, I got to get back and start playing now just to stop anything else from happening like that or just to stop that narrative from even moving on a little bit more? Well, I mean, I don't, you know, it's funny that it's a question that's being raised right now, right? And it's a question that we wouldn't have raised a couple of weeks ago. And what's interesting is that Teddy Bridgewater is averaging almost the exact same number of passes in his six six starts that Drew Brees did in his past 17 starts. It's about 31 passes a game. Both guys are throwing equally, so it's not like Sean Payton's heading back. But listen, there's a reason they call him 10-yard Teddy. Okay, and it's because he doesn't open—he doesn't open up the passing game. He's a very conservative quarterback when it comes to throwing the ball. Now he did air it out a couple weeks ago, but he just—that isn't really him. You know what I mean? Like it's just—I I think he's—he's he's a guy. He's Drew Brees is a as a future Pro Football Hall of Famer. You can't say that about Carson Wentz. You can't say that about Nick Foles. It's a little bit different. I think the quarterback situation in Carolina is a little bit more intriguing in terms of Kyle Allen and what happens if the Panthers win against the 49ers on Sunday. I mean, this guy improves, you know, to 5-0 and as a starter. He still hasn't thrown an interception. The offense is averaging 31.2 points a game with him in there. Guys, it wasn't doing that with Cam Newton. And I, and I understand people say, oh, the guy's just sort of a functional guy, product of the system, whatever it is that you want to do, game, you know, game manager type guy where Cam could be special. Well, Cam Newton was special. Is he still special? Is he the right guy for this offense? I think if anyone's going to get Wally Pitt, it's Cam Newton, not Drew Brees. No, and that's the same thing, right, is that it doesn't matter how dynamic he may may or may not be. The team has certainly rallied around him, and you've seen the effect- effectiveness of Christian McCaffrey and, and even on the outside. I mean, Greg Olson looks like he's 10 years younger again uh, the last couple games out there, so perhaps some of that decision-making as well. Fox Sports. One other thing, one other thing, one other thing I'd like to add real quick. Teddy Bridgewater, by the way, whether he started or not, is one of the most beloved players in the Saints locker room. Right. Just so you know, 
guys go to the mat for him. They absolutely love him. They're thrilled he's playing so well. But he's just his whole personality, the way he carries himself, he had the support of this team from the get-go. Can't wait to see the uh, sold-out speech tour when he's done. No question <laughs> about that. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Coming to you from the Geico Studios on the hotline with us, our buddy Sirius XM NFL radio host. It's Alex Marvez. Follow him on Twitter, at Alex Marvez, for all the latest and greatest. And Alex, we went from New Orleans and Drew Brees on the comeback trail. Kansas City putting up the big stop sign on Patrick Mahomes. Not quite so fast. Matt Moore to get the start in a big national spotlight game here against Green Bay. A lot of injuries for Kansas City. Can they sting an upset here? No, gosh, no, no, they're going to get stomped. But that being said, you know, what, what makes it, you know, I, I don't know, it actually might be close. Look, by Are the way, you the trying Chiefs to been, just buddy up to lead to lap our resident Packers fan? <laughs> well, I mean, not only is Green Bay playing great, but I mean, you talk about the injuries, and it isn't just Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the top two pass rushers, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they're out. you got two backups, you know, playing a left tackle and left guard because Eric Fisher and Andrew Wiley are out. And Kendall Fuller, one of your top cornerbacks, he's on the shelf as well. You already had your inactive list set before. What I'm sad about is this. Will we ever see Aaron Rodgers against Patrick Mahomes? Right, sure. The reason I, next time they're scheduled to play again, Green Bay and Kansas City, the only game we're guaranteed is in 2023. And Aaron Rodgers will either be 39 or 40 years old at that time. And who's to say that he's still playing football? So it just it sort of makes you sad that you you know you wanted to see this matchup. In fact, you would know that NBC wants to see this matchup because they put it right in prime time at the end of October, which is basically where that you know week eight is that sweet spot for that outstanding Sunday night game. Not so much here. So it's a tough one. Look, and I just think right now the way the Packers are playing on both sides of the football have been so great, averaging thirty one point five points. Over their last four games, Aaron Rodgers, 343 passing yards during that stretch. This team's on fire. In fact, this Green Bay offense is actually averaging more points per game than the team that won the Super Bowl last time Green Bay did that in 2010. And they're one of four teams in the top ten in offense and defense around the league. For the Chiefs, not so much. Matt Moore starting for the first time since week 12 of 2017. And as Chiefs fans may soon find out, hopefully, will be one of the last times that Matt Moore starts a quarterback for Kansas City. You know, you mentioned the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton, who is getting Wally pipped, and we're seeing the same thing unfold that we did last year in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco. Uh, are you are you believing? Are you believing on the Forty ers You know, Panthers going this week. It's going to be a tough test for. Are you believe? I mean, they're six and zero, but every conversation you have heard the past couple of weeks about the Forty ers has been, yeah, they're six and zero, but are you believing on them? Yeah, well, I am because a couple things defensively first, and and. You know, look, that, and they did it backwards, sort of, right? Like, it was odd. Okay, so you go into the season, you had two interceptions last year. So when free agency begins and the draft is taking place, what do you figure you should do? You should address the secondary, right? No, they didn't. Instead, they addressed the defensive line, and they acquired D. Ford in a trade, and they draft Nick Bosa, who's the front runner right now for NFL defense for the of the year. And they field such a formidable pass rush, but not only that, they haven't allowed a rushing touchdown this season. They have the NFL's best sack and pressure rate, Right now, and they're giving up 10.7 points per game. I mean, they have been great. And running the football, Kyle Shanahan is just brilliant at this group. Think about it. He's got a, a, a triumvirate of running backs. Matt Breda, Raheem Mostert, Kevin Coleman right now. They lead all teams in rushing 160.8 yards per game. The running backs are touching the football 38 times a game. Oh, and the rich get richer because now you had Emmanuel Sanders in a trade with the Broncos. So, you know, someone who's actually an established, game-changing type threat at wide receivers. So if a team out there is able to stop the run, Jimmy G should be effective 
throwing the ball to Emmanuel Sanders. I like this team a lot. And they got Robbie Gold, who's from the NFL's great kickers. Their special teams are solid. I think this is a legit team, and that's bad news for the L.A. Rams, sitting there at 4-3. and three. I think the Seahawks are going to be able to get their act together on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, and those two teams are going to continue to keep the Rams at bay. And I just don't know if the Rams are going to be a 9-7 and seven team on the outside looking in in the playoff. And they may even be 10-6 and six and not able to qualify. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.